Fulfillment shows up after a solution is earned. Anything worth having first requires both effort and sacrifice. No matter who you are or what you do, whether you're a single mom or a CEO, the common denominator is this, that we all have a seven-day hustle. They don't all look the same, but they're there regardless of our situation. Here's the thing. Struggle shouldn't always produce more struggle. If done right, it should result in a dance. What we do throughout these seven days reflects directly on our progress forward. We can do this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and we're doing it in person. We got this nice stylish pillow here too. For... <laughs> it's, it's, a buffer, it's the buffer zone. Listen, this is my side of the couch yeah. and this is your side of the couch. This is the what, DNC? Like the, the, the not, uh, what's do that? not cross? Yeah, do not cross. What's that thing in the, in North and we, South Korea? There's that little buffer zone. <laughs> the gray area. The gray area. You should area. probably get your mom in here in case you cross the line. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody can tell. Somebody can really straighten me out because my dad won't help. Sweet. <laughs> um, so proximity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. As we were talking, like, I think one of the things that is important for people to know in life is that you got to be like, you got to be, first off, you got to be like really selective about who you allow um, to be in your inner circle, like the people that you want to be emulating yeah. and following yeah and it started for me um a number of years ago i mean i got sober seven and a half years ago and i had to change hanging around with drug addicts to hanging around with people that were recovering drug addicts so that yeah. was like the first example of that and then going forward i just was able to to take that same principle that helped me in early recovery to say oh if i want to be around uh Guys who know more spiritually, I need to be around those type of people. I need to trade the people that are atheists for the people that believe something. Yeah. And then I need to be around the guys who can get along with their family as opposed to the people who can't. And so I just started tra- upgrading, you know, and, and, and I don't want people to think that you just discard people like rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are in your life for a reason or a season. I really believe that a reason or a season. And it's important. Sometimes you're the reason, like you're supposed to be in their life to teach them a lesson, mm-hmm. not punitively, corporately. And other times it's just a season. Like we're close because we're happen to be in the same place in life and the same place in space. Yeah. Um, and then it just worked into that. And, and in business, I have found that it's important been imperative for me to be around people that will number one have more organization skills or something that i want mm-hmm. or they have something that i that i crave personally mm-hmm. like maybe they're a great dad maybe they're a great husband mm-hmm. or i'm you know socials the 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 way we all communicate right yeah. it's how we became friends right um i watch the guys that are that like so i know that they do this for a living but everything on their social feed is about their kids and their family. Yeah. And now I'm like, dude, I need to be around that guy. Yeah. Cause he's got something going on professionally. Yeah. But personally that dude is hitting it out of the park. Yeah. And that is more important than any amount of money. Right. That you can end up with. And if, and if you listen to people that say, look, you know, owning a business means that you have to do this and then you can't enjoy all these other things like a family, kids. And you know what I mean? It's like, all right, that might be how you view it, but that's not how I want to view it. And yeah. so I have the choice then to, you know, because we have some sort of similarity in business, you automatically think like, hey, I should connect with this person or, or you know, just spend more time with them because there's that similarity. But is that true? Because do they have everything that you actually want? Right. You know what I mean? Or are they kind of putting in the false beliefs in your head that this is the way it is and there's no other way? Well, yeah, no, <laughs> no. And actually, I this is a great conversation to talk about. So growing up, my let's back up. My dad told me fairly recently, maybe in the last year that he said, I wish I would have talked about money and success different with you boys, okay. specifically with his sons, because I grew up with the understanding that I could either be really good in business or I could have a great marriage. Yeah because of the way he talked about money and the way that he held my mom in such high regard. And like uh, the term that we would use today, he's he pedestaled my mom. 
right? Like he put her on a pedestal, elevated her up to this like status where nothing else could touch. Yeah. But what he didn't know is that when we were kids, we took that as the same pedestal. Like if you put mom or your spouse on a pedestal over here, the space was totally occupied and you couldn't have success. Okay. And so like, I grew up with the idea that I could either be a great husband or I could be a great businessman. You couldn't have both. Yeah. Not true. You have to, you're, you're going to be, you're, you're looking at an or statement between. Yes. Yes. And it, and it, and while the or is true in some cases, you can be a great businessman and a great husband. Yes. And the pedestal that my dad put my mom on over here was not the same pyramid or hierarchy or pedestal that you would put businessman on over here. Okay. I looked at it as like a, a you know, a, a zero sum game where there was only one pedestal in life that yeah. you call life. And there was only one top. And for him, that top was my mom. Yeah. And I understood that to mean that I had one pedestal also. Yeah. And I couldn't have two tops. Yeah. And so he, he talked about that and because we were talking and just opening up the ideas about the things that we believe that were a hundred percent untrue. Mm-hmm. And, and that was one of them. And, and he said, I wish I would have spoken about that and, and gone into greater depth with you kids because he goes, your other brothers don't have a, a dissimilar opinion than you do. It's like they, yeah. they picked up kind of the same thing. Yeah. And he said, I think I did you guys a disservice by, by framing the concept in a poor way. He said, I wasn't wrong by putting your mom there. And yeah. I also wasn't wrong by putting her above business. Yeah. But you guys could probably be better than I was. And I would hope that you could be. Well, as a, you know, when you, as a Christian, when you operate that way, you know, we're instructed it's God family business or God spouse business. Yes. You know what I mean? Like in that order, they're all, you're still naming them as your top three priorities. So they're all elevated beyond, you know, over yeah. top of everything else. And they all need equal attention in that order, but they all have to have attention. You can't sacrifice one for the other. Yes. You know? And so do you think that, you know, growing up, your dad was figuring that out for himself or that's just how he portrayed it to you guys. And it got the message got a little skewed. I think, I think my dad, um, like my parents did a great job first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had seven kids. They, And six of us, uh, six of us are in business for ourselves. And my sister is a stay at home mom. Like the legacy of who they were is being carried on through their children. Mm -hmm. So they did a great job of teaching us that anything is possible. Um, I think my dad just didn't think about when you talk about something with the surety that he speaks with. Yeah. Because he speaks with a great amount of conviction. (laughs) Right. I just clung to that as truth. And I said, there's no possible way that my dad is wrong. This is it. This is the answer. Yeah. This is like the these things are true. Yeah. And I and I I think that um he spoke about it in that way, which is who he is. And it wasn't a fault of his own, but I think he just lacked the awareness to say, when I'm saying these things, what are they hearing? Yeah. Right? He yeah. he didn't ask, well, son, what do you think about me saying, yeah, your mom's first? Yeah. And then I have business. Yeah. And so I think, I think uh, it's an important principle in life to say, okay, Kyle, we're going to have a really tough conversation. Um, can we, can I, can I actually treat you like a full human? Can we hold our yeah. emotions in check? Yeah. And do I have your permission to be totally and brutally honest with you? Yeah. And then yeah. as you're going say, Kyle, what are you hearing from me when I'm saying that? Yeah. Like, tell me what I just said, and then tell me what you heard from that. Because I want to make sure that the message is very clear. Yeah. And it was just one of those principles that that kind of got lost in translation. And I don't think he was malicious. I don't think there was intent behind it. I just think it's just what happened. Yeah. Because some of my other siblings did get the idea that you could be a good husband and a good businessman, but you you do have to choose one to be your your top. Yeah. And so it it is important. But it also... The world since my dad was that age, Mm -hmm. which let's go back 35 years, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the 80s and early 90s, like the the world was really big, (laughs) really big. And the the crazy part is the world hasn't grown, but the Internet has made the world smaller. 
right? Yeah. Like we live 2000 miles apart and you're one of my best friends. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. The world has become small because I can see your face. I can yes. talk to you. You can like FaceTime me and be like, hey, yeah. I got this broken thing. What do you think? <laughs> right? I know what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know where you live. I know what yeah. your house looks like. I know yeah. your stuff. Yeah. Where before, like in the 80s, you'd be like, hey, let me send you a picture. And in three weeks when it gets there, <laughs> maybe call me and tell me what you think. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, it's, uh, the world's changed. The speed in which information is, um, is passed and received mm -hmm. is almost in instantaneous. Mm -hmm. And that changes the way we communicate and the awareness of what you're doing as a collective society has raised Yes, in some regards. And it's yeah. gone down in others. Like yeah. the keyboard cowboy stuff is still out there. Yeah. But, you know, like Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. Well, I mean, now people say things on social media and you just kind of got to get rid of it. That's why your you circle have is to so run your own filter. Yes. You have to run your own filter. You have to qualify out what is and is not true, but you're able, you're not able to do that until you decide for yourself what it is exactly that you want, because then yeah. otherwise, you know, you're taking, you're absorbing all of these inputs. You know yes. what I mean? We don't always have control of the inputs that get thrown at us, especially through social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like every day, all day, every day, we're absorbing inputs. And so we have to have enough fortitude and knowledge and understanding of ourselves in order to figure out what do I do with all of these things? <laughs> you know, yeah. what filter do I run this through? What yeah. can I immediately disregard and what can I hold as truth? And a lot of that comes for me, especially in the last couple of years, like before I, before I look at anybody I feel like I have to vet them or before I listen yeah. to the words that they say and realize yeah. that, all right, I can, I can look at you as a reputable source for me to learn from. I can't do that until I vet them. Yeah. And the easiest way for me to vet them, I can spend a lot of time doing my own research and, and, you know, which absorbs time, which is then time away from what I really should be doing to invest in myself and business and relationships and all these other things. Or, I can have a circle of people that I trust yeah. that can vet them for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you, and you still have to like, I don't think it's wise for anybody to just listen to any one thing without thinking for themselves. But like Bradley is a very good example. Okay. Yeah. I've seen him come up on social media and like, yeah, it sounds like he's got a lot of good things to say. But I didn't know who he was or I didn't know who he came from. Yeah. You know, or, or where he came from. Obviously, you're very successful. Obviously, what you're saying sounds really good because you can market yourself well. And I would like to believe you. But it wasn't until he spoke at TCS. I'm like, okay, I can trust this guy because of the other people that I know and trust that also trust him. Yeah. I'm not going to spend time like in areas that aren't effective for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I already have a circle of people that I trust. Right. You know, so that's, yeah. So it, it that going back to the proximity thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I was actually just talking with Cam Roberts about this yesterday. Um, and what you said about, you know, people, people come, people go. It's been referred to me before as a bus. Like your life is like a bus that travels down the road. Yeah. Some people get on the bus and some people get off the bus. <laughs> you know? Some people are removed from the bus. Some people are removed from the bus. Forcibly. <laughs> some people are on the bus for an extended period of time and some people are on it for a short period of time. Yeah. And it's okay to have that exchange. Yes. And some people, once they get on the bus, they never leave. Correct. You know what I mean? And so then you could kind of you wonder if like, Hey, maybe your buses are the same at that point in time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just join forces. Yeah. Pretty much. You're in a convoy. You're in a convoy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so it, it's actually ironic that we're talking about this now, you know, in Charlotte and NPE, all this stuff, because this morning I went out and worked out with, um, um, wise. Yep. You know, Marvin's Marvin's guy. Yep. And we did yesterday too. And that came up, we were at, um, or at the Blacktop Banner event and he said, Hey, are you working out in the morning? I said, yeah, I am. He's like, you know, can I, can I go with you? 
I said, absolutely. You know, he's like, I like what you're doing. It's encouraging. I want to go with you. And he literally said it that way. Yeah. I said, of course. And so we made a plan, went, got there in the morning. And then like that create, like he then thanked me. He's like, thanks for pushing me. Thanks for doing this. This was yeah. great. I don't get the time to do that, you know? And then last night he says, are we doing it again tomorrow? Well, yeah. And I said, yes, if you're in, uh, yes, we are. <laughs> Since yeah. you brought this up, yeah. yes, we are. I was going to anyways. And on the way back, he's like, man, it's, it's, he was just talking about how, um, even, even, even him, it's like it putting yourself in a position to be around the people that are what you want to be. Yeah. You know, and he said, unless you're doing something, if you can't feel bad about not engaging with other people in an area that isn't good for what you want for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, you're the, most things are caught, not taught. Yeah. Right. Like they really are like the kids. If you, uh, we were at dinner last night and this kid was dressed like his father, looked like his father had the same mannerisms, grabbed the fork, cut the food the same way as his dad. And I don't know if his dad ever told him, Hey, this is how I want you to cut the food. Right. Like he just picked that up by watching and he yeah. said, I'm going to catch that from being around you. So it's the same example with the people you were that you spend time with. Mm -hmm. If you want to be disciplined in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that discipline for young men, mm -hmm. younger men um, and younger is a sliding scale right? Mm -hmm. um, younger men used to be twenties or third. I'm in the late, my late thirties. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm a young man. Mm -hmm. um, but younger men can find discipline through physical workouts. Mm -hmm. um, I run, I'm a runner. I'm like, I have found more education and discipline in my life because I have a plan and I'm going to go execute the plan and I'm going to accomplish great things mm -hmm. through the discipline of running. Mm -hmm. And that discipline bleeds out into other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, I'm disciplined in this. That means I do this and then I do this. And then because I know that it sucks and these things are really hard, mm -hmm. that if I put them on the calendar, these seven things are accomplished. And these seven things are what I need to accomplish so that I can consider today a win. Mm -hmm. Well, when I hear big rocks, essentially. Yeah. Like the things that I need yeah. to do every day yeah. to make sure that I'm encouraging, helpful, um, that I'm elevating myself, that I'm a lifetime student, that I'm always learning something and that I'm always giving something to someone else. Mm -hmm. Like these are the principles of life and they work themselves down into a calendar appointment, mm -hmm. like 15 minutes a day. My, my phone here goes off and says, these are the things that you need to do today to be successful. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, all right. And, and I build that into my life. And that didn't come because I was like, you know what? I wake up one day. I think I'm going to be great. <laughs> I think I'm going to be a great guy. Yeah. Because I always thought I was a great guy. Yeah. Uh, I just looked in the mirror and was like, I don't understand why all these bad things happen to me. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was a bad person. It was yeah. that I was around people where the stupid things in my life became normal. Yeah. And they also did them too. And they yeah. partook in them. And so my normal was, yeah, you know what? Let's go steal some things and get high. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, no. Yeah. Stealing things and getting high is not something I want to do, aspire and be in life, but it's where it ended up because that's who the people I spent the most time around did as well. Right. So as you change that, if you want to be a great husband and a great businessman, find somebody mm -hmm. who has a spouse that you look at and you go, I want that kind of relationship. Yeah. And if you can find that person that also has a great career and is a businessman and that you respect how they interact with the pillar, the like the most important principles of life like yeah. faith family and business mm -hmm. like then you've got an opportunity to say hey can you be my mentor mm -hmm. can you talk to me about when my wife calls and says we have this event mm -hmm. and i also have this thing that i promised six weeks ago but she calls which one do i do do i break my promise to the people that i told six weeks ago that i'd be somewhere or do i tell my wife yes because to me that was one of the hardest things to have a conversation about because I feel like I'm letting my wife down and somehow that third tier is competing with the second tier. And am I compromising who I am as a husband mm -hmm. by saying yes, or am I lying to someone by saying I can't come? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so getting around people, they can say, actually, 
what you need to do is you need to be honest and say, I love you. My wife's name is Becca. I love you, Becca. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that we have those things. Um, I promised these people a while back that I would be here at six o'clock for this meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any way we could adjust that? Or would you like to come with me so that I can leave earlier? Because Mm -hmm. you know that I tend to talk too much. Mm -hmm. So can we go to the six o'clock and can we still make the seven o'clock and just be a little late to that other event and do both? Yeah. But for me, I felt like I was having to choose. Well, do I let my wife down or do I keep my word? Yeah. And it's not a either or you can do both. And you can compromise, you can find a middle ground, but also you have to have the boldness to say, Mm -hmm. I feel like I should attend the thing I said at intent. Yeah. Right. I didn't have that boldness. I didn't understand because I, and this goes all the way back to those preconceived truths that my dad told me, Mm -hmm. right. That Mm -hmm. I just, I don't think he meant it this way, but this is what I heard. Son, you can either be a husband or you can be a businessman. And in those moments where my wife calls and says, hey, we have an event. Remember, you have to be home by this time because we told these people this. I'm like, mm-hmm. we didn't tell them that. You did. <laughs> yeah. It can't come out like that to my wife, yeah. though. I can't yeah. say, listen, babe, you told them that. I wasn't there. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. we speak as a unit. We talk in our marriage as both of us can speak for either yeah. As long as we're doing something together. Yeah. But having boundaries and saying, all right. Um, and, and here's an example. So my wife loves me to death and I love her. But I figured out that unless I have clear communication and, and we'll give you an example. So uh, this last year I was training for a hundred, mar- hundred mile ultra marathon. Yeah. I had to run like oh, every day. Yeah. When I would come home from work, if I showed my face in my home, she would assume I was home. So what I had to start doing is had to start finding out what her schedule was. And then I need to know if I needed to take my running stuff with me mm-hmm. so that when I got home before five o'clock, mm-hmm. that she didn't know I was actually home yet. So if she's going to be home, I need to take my running stuff with me and I can stop my truck two blocks from my house, three blocks from my house, Mm -hmm. park on the street, change in the truck, and then go for my run and then drive the two blocks home after I'm done. Right. I couldn't show my house in the home because she would assume that I was now her husband. And so I had to start changing my routine so that there wasn't, you know, unrecognized or unmet expectations. And she started seeing that. And eventually she said, Well, no, if you need to, like, I don't want you to have to park down the street. Like I drive by and I know that you're running. (laughs) Like, it's silly that you're doing that. But she brought that to me because I said, well, it's hard for me to let you down. Yes. And so we had a conversation about it. She said, if you need to go for a run, just come in the door, greet me, give me the, you know, like, hey, I love you. Give me a kiss and say, I need to go for a five, six, 10, 15 mile run. I'll be back in one, two, three hours. So what you're talking about is communication, communication and understanding and aligned goals. And so your proximity might be of two people inside your marriage. Yes. But how you operate inside that circle is huge. Yeah. It can literally make or break a relationship. Yes. And I will tell you, I had a failed marriage before this one. Um, I would love to thank my ex-wife for giving me a great marriage today. (laughs) It sounds silly to say, right? Yeah. Um, But, but, but there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I learned. uh, So I think there's a country song about it too. Yeah. There's a lot of country songs about it. No, I think um, I, and I say this repeatedly on our calls and like every time, every time we have a deep discussion, you're like, how do you know what to do? And sometimes I don't, but I absolutely know what not to do, which is, an incredibly important facet of wisdom. Like maybe you don't know where to go, but if you take 90% off the board of the places you could go, yeah, or you know that these are a bad example, opportunity example, etc., then this 10%, like you're going to be closer to right than wrong. And so I know today that it's okay to have an opinion. It's okay to disagree inside a relationship. It's actually okay to fight if you can have like boundaries on what that fight looks like. Yeah. Um, we don't have to believe the same things. There, there are times when when we disagree on social policies, on social justice, on um, gender roles. Like, I mean, these are hot topics in the world. Yeah. My wife and I don't see eye to eye on all of them. But generally speaking, we agree on the most important ones. And so yeah. we can create a life. Yeah. 
and she can stretch me and I can stretch her. Right. right? Like we can, we can pull each other and say, have you thought about this perspective right. in this area? Yeah. There's it, so something that I've definitely learned very much in the last three months is quality time versus intentional time. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Quantity you, time, you mean? Quality. Or, or, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes sorry. So <laughs> quality time doesn't always mean quantity time. Yeah. It more so means intentional time. Absolutely. And understanding that, you know, what that looks like for the other person. And I say this because, um, you know, I, I so I started seeing somebody three months ago. I don't know if you, if I told you that or not, if I had surprised. I, so, I heard about so, it. Okay. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> What's his name? But it was... So, and I say that, that I learned this through the way that how she is, because she taught me through patience and communication, the correct way to go about these things. Yeah. Because if it came across, you know, because, you know, as you're saying, you don't want to be a disappointment. That's my biggest thing too. And so yeah. you end up running frantically with anxiety in every direction oh. because you're trying to you know, balance, do the, do the, the plate balancing yeah. game. And the first time it hit me is when she said, well, this is how I feel. Maybe we should communicate about this better next time. And I'm like, holy crap. That's like, why? I, I, <laughs> why? I've been like, it immediately started because I'm not used to that. Yeah. And I'm not good at that either. So then I realized, A, I'm not good at communication or confrontation. And those two things work against each other. So now yeah. how do we confront and communicate effectively but when she, you know, it, it came up um, about being a priority and it's like, well, you are a priority, you know, and you could apply that to, to, to your wife. It's like, well, you are a priority. Well, to her, a priority didn't mean being on the back burner when there's time available. Yeah. When there's time available now, now I have this to invest into you. And then, so then what I realized is that it's not about quality time. It's about intentional time. Yeah. And so if I'm going to make intentional time here then i have then that means that i have to be intentional with all of my other time everywhere else yeah which means that i have to then structure myself that i can i i'm gonna say be everything for all of those it sounds like a lot but it's like look if you want to be somebody that does great things and you have to have great habits yeah you know it's not <laughs> it's not easy that's a heavy one. It is a heavy one. Yeah. But, you know, and so then you start to realize like, all right, I have this proximity here, you know, with, with whatever relationship you're in. And then you start to see like, all right, what I want out of this, I'm going to look for other people and, and then ask them how to do it, mm -hmm. you know? And so, it, so then in the last six months, I've realized how to operate better inside those circles. Yes. You know, because... A lot of it came down to the way I, the way I, basically how I ask questions or how I, how I learn from these situations. Yeah. Because if you go in, if you go into, well, just, you know, your, your circle of people and you immediately bring up everything you're struggling with, they don't, there's no way to respond to that. Yeah. If you, I call it fire hosing. Yeah. If you fire hose someone with information yeah. or your problems. Yep. There's no relationship there, right? You, what you're doing in essence is dumping your crap on them and saying, yes. what do you think? Right. Right. What do you think? Well, I think, <laughs> I think you have a problem, <laughs> right? A lot right. of them actually. Right. And so where I've, where I've slowly gotten to is it's like, all right, I want to learn from the, from the wisdom that they have to comment on my situation. So my yeah. questions started turning into hows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not well, your statements turned into questions. Yes. Yes. The statements yeah. turned into questions. I have a problem with filling this as right. opposed to saying, what would you do in this situation? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that it's a simple nuance, but it's so powerful. Yes. Because uh, what you're doing, and I don't know if you're aware of this, is you're rather than being um, confrontational, adversarial, whatever you want to call it, uh, like psychologically, mm -hmm. you and I are facing each other right now. Yeah. Psychologically, when you say, how would you do this? And you point this way. Uh -huh. When you put somebody shoulder to shoulder with you and you look at the same thing. Yeah. Psychologically, you both get in the boat working towards a common goal. Mm. So 
they might not know it and you might not know it, but you just ask them to help you. And there's nothing more important to the human psychology than feeling value from someone else by helping them in some way. Yeah. It will transform the way that you influence people around you when you start to frame the questions and the information that you're sharing yeah. in a way that says, hey, man, I got a problem. What do you think? Yeah. And you just look. You just look and point and, and you wait for them. Yeah. And they say, I can be the hero. Yeah. Because everybody craves being the hero being for the other hero. people. Yeah. And so whether you realize it or not, you were inviting people to give you guidance mm-hmm. next to you. Mm-hmm. And offering them the pedestal of leadership, mm-hmm. the proximity of leadership or influence mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. And when you start asking the right people that, they start, if they know what you're doing, yep. they start saying, what have you done already? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I want to know, I don't want to give you the answer. I don't want to tell you, hey, Kyle, if this is the question. Now, if it's a direct question like, hey, um, there's an O-ring that's bleeding, puking oil on my paver. Um, do you got any idea where the most common ones are? Yeah, absolutely. Take yep. this panel off. It's going to be the sixth or seventh block on the right yep. from here. Yep. Like, you know, a directional question is different than how do I navigate this circumstance? Yeah. Right. I mean, there is, you, you have to use some discretion, mm-hmm. but when you start positioning people in your life that you're in getting influence and guidance from because you're in close proximity to them mm-hmm. and you say, I'm realizing that I'm the genius in my company with a thousand workers and Mm -hmm. I'm going crazy because now I have a relationship in my life that I need to elevate to the importance, like the highest level of importance. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to do that because Mm -hmm. every other relationship in my life is dictated upon when I give them the information, Mm -hmm. right? Well, someone doesn't feel important in your life when that happens. And so when somebody brings me something like that, now I start asking more inquisitive questions. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Well, tell me about why you believe that. Tell, and I'm looking for the ceilings that my dad unknowingly gave me mm-hmm. in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you called me, and you're like, oh, I think a hundred tons is probably the most we can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't understand. And, and you're like, oh yeah, definitely. We can't do any more than that. I'm like, where did you get that? Right. Well, that's the most we've ever done. Oh, well, that would be a very good way to say it as opposed to saying I can't cross this threshold of quantity Yeah. as opposed to now the way you said it said, Mm -hmm. this is my hard ceiling. Yeah. This is my hard stop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm looking for those subconscious ceilings that other people create because my job as a leader is not to solve their problem. It's Mm -hmm. to teach them that they can think out of their problems. Mm But many times they're in blind spots, mm-hmm. right? I'm a, I run a hundred mile races mm-hmm. for fun. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not fun, but I run them, right? <laughs> they're miserable. I mean, everything hurts and you get blisters and, you know, you gotta, you gotta go to the bathroom in the woods and it's like very, like very vulnerable. Yeah. But what I've realized is that when p- the people in your life see that you can do these incredible things, yeah. they don't question your leadership. Yeah. They say, dude, that guy knows what he's talking about because yeah. he will do some absolutely insane physical things. Yeah. And that influence that they get from me from doing those insane things mm-hmm. means that they don't question the little things in my business. Yeah. Right. So my proximity in ultra running isn't about ultra running. It's actually about influence. Yeah. And so what I figured out, the life hack, if you will, yeah. the the here's five steps to getting better. Yeah. Go do hard things. Yeah. Let people see it. Yeah. And when you have influence by doing those hard things, you elevate yourself and the stature in their life. Yeah. And they don't question when you say, hey, I need you to do this. Right. Or uh, what? they're like, ah, I'm so broke. I need a raise. I'm like, no, we need a budget. <laughs> right. Like the problem isn't how much money you make because yeah. you make plenty of money, bud. Yeah. The, the problem is that you don't know how much money you're spending. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he's like, well, I'm at $72,000 a year. I'm like, that's plenty of money to live on. <laughs> plenty, like, they're like, oh, I take home 5,000 a month with my five kids. I get a thousand a month in food stamps. And I'm like, how do you not have any money? Yeah. 
right? Like that, but it's the symptom. They yeah. think that money is going to solve the problem yeah. or whatever their solution to this pain point is, mm-hmm. as opposed to actually looking at the the root cause. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been one of the biggest growth things in my life is mm-hmm. okay, well. I was lonely. I wanted a relationship. I was a terrible boyfriend. I was an absolutely horrendous husband. Mm-hmm. I was so selfish that it was all about Keith. Mm-hmm. When Keith talked about Keith, Keith became a victim and Keith would tell Keith he was right. And it was just this spiral down to the bottom. And I was, yeah. you know, just swirling the toilet bowl. Yeah. Right. And start getting around people who have good relationships. And yeah. like, you just were really honest with your wife. How do you do that? Right. Like, and then, and then that bled into, well, I learned that at work and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I learn it at work? It seems far less risky yeah. with the guys at work because <laughs> I don't have to go home to them. Yeah, I don't have to leave them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can like have breaks between <laughs> yeah. that relationship. I got to live in this one. Right. And so I started practicing those principles at work. Yeah. exercising and trying out and, and growing in situations where it wasn't going to adversely affect my personal life mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. And over time, a little at a time, uh, and, I, and I would tell people, wisdom and maturity is like a set of stairs that never ends. Yeah. Right. Some of the stairs are, and they're not regular stairs. Some yeah. of the stairs are really big yeah. and some of them are really little, yeah. but they constantly go up. Mm-hmm. And the more you learn, the more easily you can step up that next step Mm -hmm. and if you become a lifetime student when you hit the step because it's too tall and you have this bump on your face Mm because you just ran into it Mm -hmm. you go i've been here before yeah and not only have i been here before you know what i know someone that i can ask about this and if they don't know they probably know someone that i that i could talk to that might have some you know some insight right i learned something that's very similar to what you said about you know the the um subconscious ceiling yeah and just recently i so my cat rep who's um his name's jeff bauer really good guy and every time we we get together like we talk about life and lots of different things and and business like we talk about literally the last i met him for breakfast and and we were there for three hours we talked about a brunch. We talked about equipment for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's how that's how our conversations go. But he knows about me. I know about him. Yeah. He gets an insight into my business and me personally. He then takes that to regional managers. And now you've got people that are watching you. Yeah. You know, from a distance that have your back and they go to bat for you. Absolutely. That's half of the reason why I was able to get everything that I have in the last couple of years is because they've gone to bat for me. They know they, they've, they have faith in me and they're investing into me. They're, yeah. I don't want to say taking a gamble, but you know, well, you're so I would say that your relationship capital. Yes. Is leveraged to the gills. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause yeah. you shouldn't have some of the things you have, but you're True. relational. Yes. And so you've leveraged your relationship capital and yes. turned it into actual capital yes <laughs> yes so well i was talking to him about a job that we did um which was kind of a learning curve for me it was a it was a uh dirt job we had a dozer on site i had to leave and i had to leave one of my operators there to operate this dozer he had never touched it before fantastic you know the only thing he'd done is move one from one place to another but I know his character. I know he's detailed. I've seen him operate as a skidster. I'm like, you have all of the tools to do the next thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? In order for you to unlock those tools for yourself, I'm going to put you in this position and I'm going to leave, which was both, you know, nervous, nerve wracking for me and him. Yeah. But I trusted him to complete the job. I didn't care how long it took him. And so I was talking to Jeff about how this, how this finished product went and it, and it turned out really well. But he said something that stuck with me and he said it just kind of like in passing, you know, like common knowledge to him is new information for me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So he said something, he's like, yeah, um, you know, new operators will, will say things like, I can't do that. You know, like, well, why didn't you do this? Well, I can't, I can't, you can't do that. And it's like, and, and he said, well, maybe you can't right now, but it yeah. can be done. Yeah. And I, that struck me. It's like, okay. 
there is a limiting factor mm -hmm. that you can then bring up to people and say, you know, well, well, why didn't this get done a certain way? Well, because you can't do it. I can't do it. And but it doesn't always come out as I can't do it. It comes out as you can't do it. Like it can't be done because it's I can't possible. accomplish it. Yes. Yeah. And so for me to just realize, and it's such a simple thing that I feel like people should just know is like, well, okay, maybe you can't right now. And because you can't, then you're, you, you feel uncomfortable about admitting that. Yeah. Or were you the lid? Right. You're saying were me? You, yeah. Were you, your proximity to him? Oh, the ceiling in yep. his life. Yep. He was, you know, John Maxwell, we taught him last week. Yep. Like, yep. You were the lid because he yeah. would he would try something twice and couldn't yeah. do it. And yeah. he just dropped, he started jumping down here. Yeah. And he say, yeah. I can't do this, Kyle. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. And then you would do it. Yeah. Right. So you were his lid and you didn't even know it. Right. I mean, in some circumstances, yes, yeah, I would agree with that. In this, I took that as a way to communicate that to them. Yeah. Because I have a hard time saying, All right, you can. This is how, like, let me get you past this limiting factor. Yes. And what will end up happening is I just, a little bit of frustration arises because at that point in time, they become unwilling to learn and they've asked the wrong questions, but I also didn't yet. So I, actually you're right. So then I did not <laughs> teach them to say, all right, how do we get through this? Yeah. You know what I mean? I say, all right, if I were going to prove this to you, yeah. watch. Yeah. So, and so then the proof so becomes ego yes. becomes the answer. Yes. Because now you're acting in selfishness and ego. Right. Because I don't know how no to longer, I don't know how to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the, the question that's hard for me, and I was sitting in my office Tuesday and I said this on the call the other day, mm -hmm. it is so incredibly difficult for me to sit here and watch these people struggle. And I'm sitting here and the, my, a, my AR gal goes, you look like you're in physical pain. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes like, your face is contorted and you like, you're just squirming and like, you can't sit still. And I'm like, you have no idea how hard it is for me not to solve these problems. Yeah. I know the answer. Yeah. Well, I know an answer. Yeah. I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. And I have figured out as a leader, if I step in, mm -hmm then I'm actually handicapping people around me. Mm -hmm. I need to wait till they ask, mm -hmm. or I need to wait until a circumstance dictates a, a necessary leader step in because yeah. there's some brain damage occurring over here. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that law of the lid is really important to understand Yeah, because influence. Uh, so that the question I ask all the time is who's the most powerful person in a room? I'm not going to try to answer that. Yeah. Well, it's generally not the authoritarian leader. Okay. Think about this. This is okay. the best way I can explain it for uh, everybody's seen the prison shows. Like, so the authoritarian leader in a prison yard is the guy with the gun. Yeah. Right. It's yep. called the guard. Yeah. The guard has the radio. He's got the controls. Is he the leader? Typically, no, no, typically, no, no. There is a symbiotic relationship between whoever runs that prison yard mm -hmm. and the guy with the gun. Mm -hmm. The guy with the gun equally needs the guy that runs the yard mm -hmm. and the guy that runs the yard equally needs the guy with the gun. Mm -hmm. But the guy that runs the yard arguably has the most influence on the group of people there. Yeah. The gun can fight that influence from time to time. Right. Right. Or the right. state, whatever it is. Yeah. But influence is whoever has the most power in the room, mm -hmm. not authority. Mm -hmm. So when you're walking into these situations of proximity, watch who is the thermostat who changes the temperature of the yard mm -hmm. and watch who's the thermometer that tells you the temperature of the yard. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. What I'm learning is that um, four years ago, I said, I don't want to be a dictator in my business. I want to be a coach. Mm -hmm. And the more that I coach, the harder coaching becomes mm -hmm. because now I'm now I'm, what my goal is, is to elevate people so that they can have proximity to people that they weren't around. Yeah. Like, okay, well maybe having a house is possible. Maybe, um, maybe I, if I want to have a house, I need to have a budget. If I want to have a budget, I need to understand numbers. If I want to understand numbers then I need to get what math is and right. I need to understand taxes. Right. 
And my job is to teach them one principle at a time. Just one. Mm -hmm. It's not, hey, if you want a house, save this, get your credit number this, mm -hmm. then have three and a half percent down, you get FHA, and you get your mortgage, your PMI, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, it's not my job to do all that. What right. My job is to teach them one principle at a time and say, we can get you to be a homeowner, but we got to get a few things done first. Because I know that you want a home and I get it. But you can't have a home if you got three mortgages or three car payments and maxed out credit cards. Right. Doesn't work like right. that. You will always be wanting something and you'll never have the yes. capability to get it. So and you won't be able to create baby steps or goals yeah. that can get you there. And so like our job as leaders is to become teachers of all these principles that allow our people to say, okay, well, Kyle got a new paper. He got someone to take a risk because nobody should have given you a paver when you got a paver, mm -hmm. but you had relationship capital that you exchanged for an actual physical asset in your mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. And I have the same thing Like in my business. There are times when, and it's like unfathomable to think they're like, why would somebody offer you that? Mm -hmm. Well, it's because they believe in us. Yeah. They believe in the mission. They know yeah. the values and it's the same thing in your life. Like you got to get around people who are going to take a chance on you. Yeah. Got to get around people who, when they look at you, they're going to go, yeah, I need to be on the bus with this guy mm -hmm. because his destination is going to be really cool. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he's think of the coolest destination you can th come up with. Everybody's got their, you know, their right. perfect dream destination. Like, right. Dude, that guy's going there. Right. Right. I have faith that when I get around people, I'm like, I'm going to get Kyle to the place in his life where I can, where he can have a fully functional business. He can yeah. take a paycheck 12 months a year. Yeah. He has a full functioning team with a sales staff, a finance staff and a production staff. Mm -hmm. And he's going to get flying private, you know, him and Steve Flaherty are going to have their jets and they're going to, they're going to race to a destination. <laughs> right. Cause, cause it makes sense if you're going to go somewhere to get there faster than the other guy. I mean, we might as well make it a competition. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like I have full faith that as long as I'm one step ahead of the guys that are, behind me yeah and i can continue trans translating and transmitting information to you yeah then i'm gonna get where i want to go yeah right and as long as i make my focus pouring into the people around me saying yeah. all right what do you need mm -hmm. then the the byproduct is i get a lot more than i ever deserve right there's a i think there's a way that you operate so you know because if, if you're in like you saying how how can i how can I pour out of the people around me? That needs to be looked at when you're in a situation to where you're, you're learning from people also, because mm -hmm. when you're in, when you find your, when you find the place that you need to be in the middle of, yeah, which is, which is, an, which is another conversation. How much time do we have, by the way? It's 10, 15. We got like 10 minutes. Okay. All right. So then the last thing I want to touch on is what I'm bringing up now, but when you find your place that's healthy for you, mm -hmm. you can glean from and you can give back to yep. because that's the that's the other half of the puzzle. With yep. in another conversation is how to get there because that's difficult in itself. Yeah. You have to also know how to operate inside that because it's not all a grab. It's not mm -hmm. all a, you know a receiving. All right, now I'm here. I'm going to learn from everybody in the room. Like there's. That's only half of the, that's only half of the equation. It's a two-way street. Yeah. And that's one thing that I'm learning too, is that like with my, like with, with me and you, you started calling me. Okay. And I really valued that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, it, even if it was for 30 seconds, it was seeing your name pop up on my phone. Let me know that you were thinking about it. Like that is what made the difference. It's yeah. not that it was 15, 20 minutes, half hour, whatever. Yeah. We didn't even talk about anything. And I started noticing, it's like, all right, he's called me a certain amount of times and he's put forth that effort, but I haven't done that to him yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in order for this to keep going, <laughs> weird. I have to also invest in this relationship also, you know, too. Yeah. And I need to then like, that's the two way street that it, that it keeps going. Mm -hmm. Because if you end up feeling like all I'm doing is pouring into him, pouring him into him. You know, like, yes, there's value because you know that you're giving to somebody else, you know what I mean? And you, you like, it, it gives value back to you, but I'm only going to get 
a small potential out of our relationship if you're the only one investing into it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so then you look for situations. Well, how do I, how do I give back to somebody that, you know, I don't know how to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because. Or you believe you don't know how. Or you believe you don't know how. And so give me your opinion on this. Either sometimes you're making it too complicated, you know, and you literally just need to be a friend. You don't always have to have this big, massive thing that you give them, you know, the same amount of value back that you feel that they gave you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what that means is them knowing that you appreciate them. Yeah. You know, in one form or another, you figure that out on your own. Yeah. Or you pay that forward. Yeah. To somebody else, you know, because ultimately if I can teach somebody else something and they find enough value in it, they can then. Hold on a second. Let me, let me show you a trick. Okay. I'm going to bring this over so everybody can see it. Okay. So there's my bag. Uh, Two things that are important with this bag. First off, my name is on the front of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, the first principle you need to know about people is that their name is their favorite dopamine receptor in their body. Okay. If I say Kyle, yeah. you don't know this, but dopamine leaves your brain and hits mm-hmm. your ha- hits your blood and you become happier when you say Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Mm-hmm. So when you use people's names, yeah. it makes them happier. The second thing is, so you didn't know I was going to do this. Mm-mm. Were you planning on this already? No. Okay. <laughs> so so you I carry do it either. I carry blank thank you cards everywhere I go. Okay. And everybody that I interact with gets a thank you card. Because and and people don't know this, but now you're going to realize this. When somebody handwrites you something with your name on it, how often do you throw it away? Takes a long time. How much of the things sitting on your desk or your place right now, how many handwritten cards or handwritten notes with Kyle written on them do you throw away instantly? None. None. That's my point. If you believe you don't have anything to offer someone, you're wrong. Yeah. Because everybody's favorite topic is them. (laughs) Everybody's. So ask questions. Yeah. You know, and if you're talking to some celebrity and you got this big old man crush or whatever, like ask them how their family is. Hey, what's important to you? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to give back. What does that look like? What does it do for you when you do that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like you don't have to offer them some great value or insight. Mm-hmm. You just have to show appreciation for who they are. Mm-hmm. The, one of the easiest ways is to write letters. Mm-hmm. Handwrite them. Do the thing that's really inconvenient. Mm-hmm. We spend enough time in the winter on, uh, on airplanes yeah. that I bring these because I sit and I write these on airplanes. That's my task. Mm-hmm. I can still watch my movies. Yep. I can still be completely unplugged from everybody else, yep. but I can write my, I can have purpose in that time. Yeah. And when I send those out, the things that come back to me, if I went back through probably the last 10 or 15 that sent yeah. almost every time, it's either a thank you with a written word or a video message saying, you have no idea the impact that your handwritten card gave me. I'm not a, I'm not a long form writer. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, Kyle, Great to do the podcast with you. Appreciated seeing you. Mm-hmm. Hope you have a great day. If I can add value to your life, let me know how. Mm-hmm. Keith. And then I'll leave my phone number. Mm-hmm. And I will write that to people that I interact with on LinkedIn. If I want their business, I write them a card. If I want to know them, if I want to know about what they're yeah. doing, I write them a card. Yeah, because how do you touch somebody's heart without physically touching their heart? The card. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it doesn't well, matter if you have wisdom or you're ahead of them yeah if you can say hey you've influenced me and i want help from you yeah tell me about what your life is was about has been or what you do Mm -hmm. that can change my life because i want to follow you Mm -hmm. no greater compliment can be given to other people you don't have to have influence over them you just need to let them know that you see them in a way that allows them to be ahead of you and you recognize it yes the the goal is i need to let you know that i appreciate yes the card in in your case is the vessel that lets that happen. I get out of the people pile. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everybody says, yeah. Can I have you mentor me? Yeah. Can I have you do this? Start sending books. Yeah. You know, everybody's address is available. Yeah. Every, I don't care who you are. Yeah. Everybody's address is available. Yeah. Find a way to find it. Yeah. 
Like if you know somebody who knows them, say, yeah. what's their business name? I need to write them. I, yeah. So this it, stuff, it doesn't order, get thrown away. Yeah. And it's, I mean, t- tactically, I mean, it, it, you can call it tactical or you can t- call it selfish, but if you want the attention of somebody, you have to give first every time. You have to give first because you're trying to get them to feel something mm-hmm. so that you can then feel that in return. Yeah. If, you know, in, in this case, the card, I'm going to let you, I want you to feel appreciated by me. Yeah. When you feel appreciated by me, you're going to want to repay that favor because the way that we're built is it's better to give than to receive. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of tips. If you're struggling to get in front of somebody that you want to mentor you, you want influence in their life, you want to do business with. Write them a card, put a $20 gift card in there that says, can you go have your kids buy something for them? Mm. Mm -hmm. Do something if they don't, if they have kids or if you've gotten to know them or if you've seen their social and they, Mm -hmm. or say, Hey, here is this. Mm -hmm. I would like you to do this with it. Do something that means something that, that tells them number one, that you've invested time into researching who they are. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're like, I want to invest in the thing that I know you appreciate, love, or enjoy. Yeah. And then the last part is, could you write me back and let me know what you did with it? Yeah. Here's my address. Yeah. Right? Like, you're giving them something, and it's really hard for people when they feel cared for to not care back. Yeah. And so when you get around or get the opportunity to be around people, and I'm getting around, like, I get to be around people that I didn't think I'd ever be able to get around. Yeah. And I'm like, how can these people... What can I give these people that can that I can bless them with? Mm-hmm. A teachable heart. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to give them money. Like half the people that I want to be around, they got way more money than I'll ever have. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what can I offer them? Mm-hmm. I can offer them a story. I can offer them an opportunity to teach me something. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell them how they've impacted me before this. Mm-hmm. There's so much more you can do. And often we go to what can I give them? Yeah. Dollars. Yeah. It's empty. You know, it's like why why does a why does that really, really attractive person, why are they with that other person? Mm-hmm. It's not because they have so much to offer them. It's because of how they make them feel. Yes. It's how they make them feel. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Make people feel like they're valuable. Seen, heard. Everybody wants to be seen, heard, and appreciated. Mm-hmm. Or valued. It depends on which. Mm-hmm. Seen, heard, and valued. Mm-hmm. If you can make people see, feel seen, if you can hear them and you can make them feel valued, mm-hmm. the opportunities in life are endless. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to say this and it could, you know, keep going, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it and then we'll stop. But, you know, I've experienced this lately and I can comment on it because I've had to qualify it out for myself is that when you're looking to give somebody value, you know, like what, what you're doing, what you're talking about with the cards and with sending them something for their kids and whatnot, you're taking an extreme measure that not everybody does for one thing. And so if it's new to you, then it's uncomfortable. You don't know exactly how to feel, how to feel about it for the first time, because you're taking a big step that not many other people do. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with that, you have to ask yourself, and this is for any sense. And I I told this to a couple people about, you know, because me posting stuff about working out, it's encouraging to them. And then they think, I want to do that for other people too, but I, you know, I'm just not, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not about it yet. And, and this is how I responded. I said, okay, why do you want to do, do you really want to do that for other people and give them the same feeling that I gave you? Well, yeah. Okay. If you're concerned about how it would make you feel now, you're not thinking about them and you're putting it on yourself. Yeah. It's become said, so selfish, then, selflessly selfish. Right. So then you have to ask yourself, who is this about? You or them? Yeah. If it's about them and you realize that and like have that conversation with yourself, you remove yourself out of the equation and your feelings don't matter anymore. Yeah. And now you have the courage to go execute on those things mm-hmm. when you're not thinking about yourself. It It's a, and you know, it's... It's a powerful, powerful concept to get under your belt. Yeah. Extremely powerful. Yeah. The more uh, givers gain. Yes. Like that's probably the, but the more you give and the more you give and the more you give, Mm -hmm. the more comes back, Mm -hmm. but you can't give to get back. Right. You have to give just to give, just to give. And you find courage in that too. Yeah. You remove yourself. Eventually you get paid to give. (laughs) 
<laughs> you do. Yeah. Eventually it'll yeah. come back. Yeah. My business from when I was, went from being selfish to understanding that the more I give, the more I get, mm-hmm. went from a million dollars a year to $17 million a year. There's a lot more opportunity at $17 million a year. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. A lot more things you can do. Mm-hmm. Legacy pieces, money, like houses, all the things. Money is just a catalyst that makes things happen. Yes. That's but the more that I pour into other people, the more that I call yeah. Kyle yeah. when he's doing $300,000 annually. Mm-hmm. And the more that I say, what can I help you with? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And it's not big stuff. It's usually little. The more that I call the guy that needs it, mm-hmm. eventually that guy doesn't need it anymore. And he goes, hey, guy that needs it. I have a few things I can offer you, but let me give you the guy that helped me because this guy's got like everything that you could need. Right. 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 So you just become a catalyst for connection. And the more you people you connect with, uh, like Bradley said, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. (laughs) (laughs) The more hands you shake, the more money you make. Right. Well, that song made it happen. (laughs) That, that whole retreat was on leadership, but for me, it was about relationships because that's what I gained out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, as, as I pick a word for this year, at, at first it was going to be structure because I, you know, I, I need a lot of that because you don't have any. Yeah. I don't, I don't have, I don't have it where I need it. That's for <laughs> <laughs> Um, But I actually gave myself some time to think about this and it is going, it's going to be based around relationships, mm-hmm. you know, because ultimately that, what do I need? in order to get what I need. Yeah. Relationship. <laughs> exactly. So, Keith, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And obviously, I, I, I love our friendship and I appreciate it very much. So thanks for doing this. Absolutely, man. So, love you, brother. Love you too, man. All right.